Welcome to Your Own Words, a podcast that celebrates the love of reading with real people and real books, both critically acclaimed and slated. Listeners are encouraged to read along and join the journey to the libraries of friends newly discovered. This podcast may contain spoilers, feminist rants, curse words and mispronunciations of names, cities and more. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to change my hello. You're trying, after all these years. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> a new way new. to open the podcast. <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to your own words. Oh, God. What is wrong with us? I don't know. We've done 10 episodes. It's downhill from here, it's, I think. From here? You mean it's... <laughs> it started I off at the top of a I think we had a few good hill. moments. Jeez. Wow. Uh, how's it going back? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. We so it's been like a week since we recorded. We're like chasing our own tails at this yeah, point. Long time. Yeah, long but time how many books have you managed to read? Um, I got ahead of myself in mm. the podcast game because I read today's book in like twenty seconds. Yeah. So I what I've had ten days ish. So I've read six books. Six. Well, I finished two and then read four. Uh, any highlights, lowlights? Many, yes. <laughs> you want to give a um, my tip? absolute highlight is was the cost of living. Deborah Levy, who I love, it's an amazing, stunning, stunning memoir. It's hilarious and joyful and brilliant. Um, and if you're a woman, you should read it because it's just a stunning piece of ballsy women talking about life and stuff. That was awesome. Um, yeah, and okay. remarkable things. I finished finally. When she says which, that, she means if nobody speaks if nobody of remarkable, speaks things, remarkable things by John which, McGregor. Yeah, uh, I, I love that book very much. I yeah. recommend it. You, you chucked it on me a long time ago, but then I, it got taken up by podcast books I had to read. So I, I've yeah. had like fifty pages, I think, left for ages, and I finally, I'm so glad, finally got there. And you loved it. I loved it. Good. I mean, I loved it from like the first page. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm just was... amazed you're able to put something down that you love so much because usually I can't. I I've, can't step out and then step I've, back in. I've it. never done that before. I'm normally like, if I'm reading a book, I'm reading a book. I'm not a sort of two at one kind of a person. What about you? What have you done with your life recently? I read two books. Two books? For me, that's, like, that's good. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to read much between podcast books. So I finished uh, My Sister the Serial Killer. I loved that. It was such a quick read. Yeah. It was so good. Super so easy. I've loaned that to somebody at work now so I passed passed it on um, and then uh, much to your glee I <laughs> read Everything is Illuminated Woo! by your literary husband my literary husband JSF JSF what a guy uh, and I'm still processing whether what I felt about it well you've been sent off to watch the film now so. I mean I felt a lot of things and I, there was <laughs> I at first I was very confused and then I was really in love and then I was confused again. <laughs> so I'm really not sure what Love I is often like that. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, no, it was, it was pretty amazing, but I'll watch the film uh, yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, here we are, episode 11. <laughs> Six and two books down from last week. Yeah. Life is changing. Uh, we've done a lot of reading. Uh, this book that we're doing today, I finished about 15 minutes before we arrived here today. <laughs> um, so I was really cutting it close. Better than 15 minutes after. That would be awkward. Yeah. That'd be a very <laughs> what live reading with yeah. Alison. <laughs> Just hear the pages turn. Page two hundred fifty-three. Sigh, sigh of contentedness. 
I'm also excited about this episode because it's our very first stranger. Kids, no one should ever talk to strangers, just so we're clear on that. I feel like we want to send out the right messaging. Yeah. Don't talk to strangers. Do not invite a stranger into your podcast room without knowing who they are first. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what might happen? Into a dark room. <laughs> In a dark room, underground. Where no one can hear you scream. Cold winter's night. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> she seems nice. Uh, and I love that we're talking about her like she's not here. Because, <laughs> yeah. of course, she won't enter the room until we've introduced her. She's now trying not to laugh into the microphone, which I respect. Um, that said, I'm going to stop embarrassing her uh, and get to the point where she can join in. All right, let's talk about books. This book. This book. Specifically. So I am in charge of the author bio. This one was really tricky. This gentleman who wrote a mean book is uh, he's not a cricketer uh, <laughs> as Google tried to tell me he was uh, Keith Miller is an American author who was born in Tanzania he's born in Tanzania and raised in Kenya and yet he's an American author yeah I'm confused by that <laughs> yeah I don't know he lives in America now so he's, okay. he was born in Tanzania raised in Kenya and wrote this novel while living in southern Sudan where does America come into this he's an, he lives there now <laughs> I don't know. Um, in addition to his first novel, The Book of Flying, which we are discussing today, he has also written The Book on Fire and The Sins of Angels, uh, as well as a translation of Arthur Rimbaud's The Illuminations. Oh, that's a wonderful book. Which is, I don't know, obviously, but you do, of course. This is the shortest <laughs> author bio we've ever there, had. Keith Miller is a man of mystery. I could not find much else about him. That's literally like his bio embellished by me that's <laughs> yeah, written on his own website by him. Is that why you chucked in America? Keith, get in touch. Let's let's kind of fill out your life a little more. Yeah, explain his whole nationality. I know he has a wife and he has two kids. She's a writer also. I learned that about him. Um, um, but, I mean, I don't need to know much more about him. He's written a beautiful book. Um, shall I? My synopsis is slightly longer. But equally, because Man of Mystery, it was really hard to find a synopsis that remotely explains this book. I really struggled. So this is from Penguin, a random house who you think would have it down because they published it. <laughs> so, The Book of Flying is a beautiful modern fable and daring new take on the quest narrative. It is a gorgeously poetic tale of fantasy for adults. In Keith Miller's debut novel, our hero is Pico, a poet and librarian who is forbidden to pursue the girl of his dreams, for she has wings and Pico does not. When he discovers an ancient letter in his library telling of the mythical morning town where the flightless may gain their wings, he sets off on a quest. It's a magical journey and coming-of-age story in which he meets a robber queen, a lonely minotaur, a cannibal, an immortal beauty and a dream seller. Each has a story and a lesson for Pico about learning to love, to persevere, and of course, to fly. Penguin Random House. And at last, uh, as she is torturously waiting, let us introduce uh, today's guest. Katie Eleanor is a photographic artist living and working in London. Her practice largely revolves around creating hand-colored photographic prints that bridge the gap between fantasy and reality, and often illustrate her own fictional narratives. Notable credits and commissions include the Royal Photographic Society, Hunger Magazine, and Yahoo. Her latest body of work, entitled The Sealia Marbles, debuts at London's MMX Gallery December 2019 to February 2020 and comprises of a visual anthology based in a fictional sculpture hall. The series serves as an ode to the sanctuary we often collectively find in storytelling. Welcome. Hello. Hi. 
We're very excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. As our first stranger. First stra- stranger danger. You don't seem that dangerous. I'm hoping to rep Team Stranger. Yeah? You're going to turn it around? For that whole... Well, hashtag Team Stranger <laughs> uh, is born today. Absolutely. Very exciting. We're going to get we'll in get trouble. We'll get t-shirts. <laughs> um, we'll get t-shirts. I'm so stoked for that. Um, so we will start off by asking you just a few questions to get to know you as a reader. Although before we sat down today, we learned some things about you. <laughs> How are you feeling now? I, you... I am still distressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you want to step out and take a moment at any time, just <laughs> I feel like just I could lie down to podcast today. It's been a long one. Um, <laughs> the first question, we'll just get it out of the way because yeah. it was literally yeah. like, I can't lie. It's the first question I had oh. on here before meeting you. Um, <laughs> what, if any, are your worst reading habits? So I, I probably would have said something else for this. <laughs> Wait, there's more? Before. <laughs> I don't really, but... Um, also, you think there's something worse yeah. than this? <laughs> so I've been sat here with lovely Beck and Alison and um, came in and they gave me a beautiful Your Own Words bookmark, which I'm very proud of. Um, so I was telling them that I have quite a bad relationship with bookmarks because they often fall out. Um, so Beck quickly realised I have no idea how to use a bookmark <laughs> because it's a lot more complicated than just putting it in between the pages, apparently. Uh, you do have to wedge it in the spine. And I never knew this. And I'm a professional. 20, that was 25 years of my life. Like, <laughs> wasted. And also that I am a page folder yeah. Um, because of this, which apparently is a terrible thing to be. I mean, I think page folder is putting it politely. You're like a half a page folder. You're not yeah. even yeah, not a corner. Yeah. It's not a dog ear. It's like what's a really giant, like a Great Dane. It's a Great Dane. It's like when you're making um, origami yeah. and you have to make a square, so you like fold the whole thing. Yeah, in that's a hundred percent what it that's is. That's how I bought my pages. Yeah, basically, she showed us that, and I nearly fell to the ground <laughs> I think I audibly gasped um, I think it's the worst thing the, we've ever seen in this podcast this room. is the portion where we shame I'm shame quite. our guests you shouldn't this is great this is how we like to make people feel welcome I didn't realise I didn't realise but, no, but also know. you've learned a skill now I have you've actually I'm quite proud I'm actually going to tell tell a lot of people now please I do know, I know how on. to use a bookmark well done mom and dad you should be so proud of me put it on your CV my LinkedIn profile yeah. professional bookmark Pacherino and yeah. this is what education's all about because it starts with one person telling one person something <laughs> and then they take it out to the other people and they tell them and that's how we grow as people absolutely so yeah we're really changing the world. We are one, one bookmark at a time. No more Great Danes. Free the Great Danes. Now, um, yeah. Was there? What would you have said before? Um, probably said- the state of my general books is is not great. I shove them my. I, the way I carry books. So I get a book. It goes straight in my bag. It lives in my bag until I've read it. That's sometimes months. Could be sometimes <laughs> I have three books in there at once, um, depending on the size of the bag. Um, because I got halfway through one and decided to read another one, um, and then they come out when they're eventually read, and then they go on my shelf. Um, so by the time they get there, they are a little bit tatty <laughs> and ripped, and generally a bit distraught looking. Um, but I like to say well loved. Yeah. Because I do, because I look at them every single like whatever book I'm reading, I really obsess over it when I'm doing it. Um 
yeah but then by the time they get my shelf my shelf looks a bit sorry for itself and it's also happened to friends books which I do legitimately feel really bad about (laughs) but I don't really know how else you're meant to put books in a bag like whether there's a something else I'm missing out on there is a thing (laughs) I will say I'm gonna like plug this woman's business that I I haven't spoken to her in ages but (laughs) I did not plan this there's a thing that I have one and I think is a genius invention because I'm the opposite of you in that I want to keep my books like as pristine as possible, which we all know is why I like hardbacks. Uh, shock horror. Um, and her company, it's called BookBow. Bow, like boyfriend, B-E-A-U. Um, and it's basically like a book sleeve. So it's like a padded fabric sleeve. She does them in like all different so patterns. like a laptop bag for your book. Exactly. So you just slip your, slip your book in there. She does them in like standard like paperback sizes or like the bigger sizes for like self-published mm-hmm. Um and you can get them in like all different designs. I that love is that. A good idea. It is really That's cool. Amazing. Okay, I need one of those. So yeah, but oh, Bookbow. I'm not sure it could be bookbow.com. Um, I will link to it in the show notes because uh, yeah, the the woman that makes them is lovely, um, and she's really cool. And she sent me one before. And I love them so. So that's a, that's perhaps yeah. something that can save the tattiness. That might be. You never know. You'll see me in all a year, your future and books. Be beautiful. <laughs> we have saved your future books. <laughs> your all shelf books, will have like yeah. the pre your own words <laughs> exactly. shelf, and then afterwards everything just pristine. pristine. We're taking the piss a bit, but um, I do like when you pull that out your your book tonight. I was like, oh, that does look like it yes. like warmed my heart. How loved the book looks. Yeah, it does this book does is a good representation of my relationship with this book we'll um, have to post uh we'll post on instagram so three of our books see. like in separate conditions yeah yes, um, mine is pristine do we have a less shaming question for katie i mean who knows this could go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready now um, the worst is yeah. how el- how else can we mock a medical you <laughs> um this is a good question though so are you genuinely genuinely generally are you generally good at guessing twists and, and being able to see what's coming or are you shocked by things have you been shocked by things have there been books that have really really shocked you that's a very very good question um no i don't think i am that good at guessing i like to theorize but i'm quite open-minded when it goes into things i like reading like mysteries and stuff like that and um yeah i literally just finished reading like the entire sherlock holmes um, um repertoire oh, which nice. is a great nice. summer way to spend my summer um and literally yeah didn't guess like a single one of those so <laughs> i'm gonna say no <laughs> um, but i'd like yeah i like to theorize i like to discuss it but yeah i'm not i don't know Unless it's like a murder and it's like, the boyfriend did it. Um, That's usually the case. Yeah, it's yeah. usually the case. It's a but, twist if he didn't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if, it's an, if it's a genuine twist, I, yeah, I don't want to guess it. But then also if I know a twist is coming, then maybe I won't spend too much time thinking about it because I don't want to guess mm. it because there's nothing okay. more depressing yeah. than reading a twist that you've actually already guessed. So you're not someone that would do that terrible thing of jumping to the end and reading no. the last paper? No, okay, no, no, good. no, no, no. Good, Never. Good, good. Even like you feel it in your fingers that you're just like, if I, that's the thing with books. It's like, you, I can literally just hop to any bit and I could absorb those words in like one second and I've ruined the whole like sensation of yeah. reading like really quickly but um, yeah that's that's my discipline that's a discipline <laughs> which I'm guessing everyone has but uh, yeah no who was it was it India that said she's done that somebody has there said a couple of people that they oh, read the they last page yeah. I feel like it was India I and I well. once again audibly gasped yeah. what how do you do that yeah, that's like, not okay because I just wouldn't fin- if I if it genuinely gave away something yeah. I literally would probably I even get a bit nervous if I sort of 
I'll flick through to see maybe how, what what the last page is, and yeah. I just want to flick through to see what the page number is. And I genuinely, I'm like, I don't want to see. Anything. I did that. I did that with this book because I was like, okay, yeah. you got to beat them in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, go. where's the acknowledgements page? Yeah. Like, how far do we have to go? And and like, I was very conscious. Like, don't look. I saw the word Pico. Like, don't know. Yeah. I don't want to know. I don't, don't want to know. know. Yeah, <laughs> I so do. Close. I do that. And it really upset. It's better when the numbers are on the bottom of the page because you can do. It's more easier to sneakily find. But when the numbers yeah. are at the top, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to go via words to see the numbers <laughs> absolutely and this one they only have the page numbers on the left hand side and not on the right mm-hmm. oh I didn't even so, notice that um, which you know is is a fairly easy puzzle to solve but still you kind of end up looking at the page for longer yeah. than you should yeah deeply upsetting god it's really an extreme sport this reading isn't it <laughs> we're, we're, we're becoming a bit a bit dickish with our favorite like oh my god can you believe she does this to her <laughs> Remember we said when we said we weren't going to this was not like a highbrow literary podcast. That was a lie. <laughs> that was before we did episode ten. This now is we're a twist. I've been <laughs> <laughs> this is a twist. No, it's fine. We're I still haven't read Jane Austen, so uh So do you want to uh tell the listeners? Uh Gail. Uh Hi, Gail. Um, every episode. Um what the book of flying is about because I had never heard of this I haven't met anyone that I in the last you know few days of reading it that's ever heard of this book it's absolutely stunning um but do you want to kind of see if you can top Penguin Random House's synopsis (laughs) I don't think it's gonna be hard (laughs) um uh, okay, so yeah, The Book of Flying uh, follows a small boy called Pico through a kind of fantasy world who lives in a city by the sea that's kind of adorned with bells and kind of big towers with no windows <laughs> inside them. And at night time in the city, half the city flies and half the city doesn't. And every, I think every dawn and dusk, the flying people um, kind of leave their towers and the bells ring and they fly above the sea. Pico, who was born to winged parents but doesn't have wings, um, got kind of kicked out by his parents when he was when he was a baby and uh, goes to live with the librarian who then dies and he becomes the lonely librarian who spends his days um, kind of going down and watching the watching the winged people fly. Uh, and then he falls in love um, with a girl called Cece and um, but she's also winged and his parents are winged and he literally sees them every day and um, so decides out of, I guess out, he finds a kind of a page in a, like a letter that's left by an old librarian to go to the morning town um, which is a myth, like a mythical place and to go f- where you can go find your wings so he sets off an adventure wow, uh, and meets all these wonderful, very eclectic characters. Um, I think the main thing as you're kind of going through it, it follows a very kind of simple pattern, one that you've read like hundreds of times uh, you know, a protagonist going out on an adventure and meeting new people to go and kind of reach a goal but um but it's it's very much stories within stories within stories. Every sentence is its own story. Every paragraph becomes its own story. Every character has this whole world of stories. Um, yeah, that summed it up for me. <laughs> um, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I it, you're right in saying that. Uh, I like that you kind of said that it's like a story, an archetype that you've kind of mm. seen mm. time and time again. This like quest. For, for glory, for wings in this case, and like all of these kind of 
and like he even sees it that way when he's setting mm. out. He's like, I know that I'm going to have to face challenges and I'm possibly going to face death, but like I need to get there. And then, you know, challenge after challenge he faces. He kind of like learns something new about himself and the world around him. And it's a very magical world. Very. Yeah. It, I love it because it's, it's, I love these kinds of books because it, it's kind of, it's half human and it's half like human in terms of uh, the way people react to things even if it's you know a, a centaur or whatever they still are very human in the way they act yeah and i think it's that kind of balance yeah that's so i don't know absorbing i guess yeah i think i found this really interesting because i i mean it is a fantasy novel it is categorized it says it on the back of the book but i for me fantasy is a genre i've never really gotten into which is weird because I mean I think Beck and I have mentioned it before at least to each other if not on the podcast like we grew up on The Hobbit and like Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia and all these very fantastical kind of stories but it's not a genre growing up that I ever have felt like drawn into at all mm. I almost like roll my eyes at yeah. you know science fiction and fantasy which I'm you know reading things like Neil Gaiman and stuff, I'm starting to kind of be like, oh, actually, this is pretty cool. But this one, I don't know why it doesn't feel like fantasy to me. I don't, like, Beck, do you... I've Am been, I, like, a way out on a weird limb here no, by I saying that? there's something about the poetry of how it's written. It's so... I think maybe it reminded me more of the Angela Carter stuff that we were reading, that kind of, like, yeah. very um, poetic, kind of gothic style of It almost felt like historical fiction, even though obviously like (laughs) minotaurs and like talking rabbits don't exist. What do you mean? Oh. (laughs) Wait, where? I thought this was... Let's go on a quest. Wasn't this (laughs) non-fiction? This is like what... what, It's a biography. This is what life was like in 1442. (laughs) But it did... I don't know. Something about it did kind of feel... It felt antique to me when I was reading it. Yeah, I think that's a good word. Um... It felt I felt like I was sort of walking into an antique shop and there was just like these old like dusty clocks and like old like clanging stuff and they all had something some story to tell um, and part of the poetry was that it was kind of old and delicate mm. rather than I don't know maybe with fantasy sometimes I feel like there should be like guns and whistles and yeah like, maybe it feels like shiny and futuristic yeah. uh, or like magical whereas this didn't feel magical it felt more mythical which is a weird but I think that is a distinction it just came out of my mouth and I realized it sounded super wanky (laughs) but but also true yeah um like and for for some reason that for me feels a little more authentic it's got its kind of feet on the ground a little bit more and it feels more realistic and And it was heavily it had a like heavily romantic it felt sort of like a very romanticism in terms of um, some of, just some of the delicacy of the descriptions and the relationships. So, like what you were saying about the emotion mm. that these characters were showing between each other felt really rich and deep in the way some of the great old like gothic romantic novels get really like over the top with emotion. Yeah. It felt just everything was so layered. Like mm. every sentence had its own kind of story, and every paragraph yeah. had its own kind of. It was there was too much there almost for it to just be simply. And it's crazy because it moves between from characters really quickly. Yeah. Um. Like. You know, it's separated into what I think it's ten parts, ten kind of yeah, kind of section like parts rather than chapters. I would say, which all um, have a different character or group of characters inside of them, and they never really interact with each other 
Um, only Pico is the the thing that kind of connects them all together. Um, but even in if if it's a, even a couple of pages, like some of them are quite short, but yeah. they do feel so in depth and so like they have their own worlds and you can really see their own worlds and it has this uh, magic of being able to bring alive a whole world which has never existed and doesn't exist in within a paragraph it's so visually kind of rich it really tingles all of your senses Mm. yeah i fully agree it is yeah it is true it's it's 10 parts i know this because i literally just finished the (laughs) 10th one uh like a breath ago um and yeah you're right each each part is is kind of a different world which is is kind of magical. So you go on this journey with Pico, and I do like that it feels like I, I felt very compelled to, like, while reading it, you know, I don't know if you do this, but, like, you're tired in bed and you're reading, you're like, okay, I'm just going to, like, you always want to get to, like, the end yeah. of a part or the end of a chapter. So I really felt like I kind of had to commit to reading that part because there's no chapters within each section, yeah. right? Um, and the middle one was quite big. And I was like, oh, God, it's going all the way to, like, page 195. I could get there. I could get there. But it, it did feel like these little kind of, like, capsules. And you kind of had to ingest them all at once um, before you could kind of move on to the next one. But, yeah, I really, like, liked, like you said, it's kind of really impressive that he's managed to create, like, such rich, dense worlds in quite short yeah. bursts for the most part, except for kind of the... The city of books. The city and the mountain. That was kind of the yeah, big, the mountain a, one. Yeah, that is a. They were they were big. You, you mean the city we all really want to live it's in? Soap, yeah. It's a soap opera in itself. <laughs> it, it's right? great. There's yeah. a lot the going on there. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's a whole novel within yeah. itself. Yeah. But um, it's only one of ten. But yeah, it's the, definitely the longer. Yeah, it does go on. When you when you get to the end of it and you think back to the beginning and you're like, he only just came out the forest. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's one chapter. <laughs> And it doesn't seem, I don't know that we get, um, he does kind of reference kind of, oh, like two weeks later, da, 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 but I don't really, I don't really get a sense, especially by the end when kind of time has completely yeah. passed and even he doesn't know how much I, time has passed, but you don't get a sense of like how long this journey actually takes. It feels quite lengthy, but also like all these little parts seem so quick, but it's, you don't really get a sense of the how much time yeah, goes by while he's journeying. stay in some places for like two months, some places <laughs> for a couple of days. But yeah, yeah you see, it's quite, I actually find it quite surprising, especially re- rereading it and kind of realise it because he does say a lot of time cues, but as you said, it's completely impossible to work out. But this whole thing is like two months, a year, eight years. I I think as well with the times that I, yeah, I have no idea how long the this journey, journey mm-hmm. was. But I wasn't particularly bothered by that because I felt connected enough to all the people that I was meeting and I felt like their relationships had enough in them that... uh, Because sometimes I think in a book I I don't... Maybe I haven't trusted relationships because I'm not quite understood how those relationships have grown or developed or how they've created an intimacy or where they re- where their stories kind of begun because it seems like, like I've met this person I'm in love with them and I'm like that's not a thing that's that's just not a thing whereas it didn't I didn't feel like people I felt the connection of all of the people characters in this very intensely and I think that was partly down to the poetry of the language mm. it was so f- rich and full of emotion that I trusted and believed that these people were connected by something yeah. and I didn't necessarily need to understand how that relationship has grown I just trusted that it was there when it is interesting too that you know you know he's only passing through all of these places 
um, because you know he's he's very committed to his end goal. There's you know a time or two you think, oh, he he even thinks like yeah. I could consider staying here. This is pretty lush where I am. Um, so even though you know that everything you're kind of going through is temporary, like none of the relationships feel transient. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't feel like he. F- he really truly does connect with like yeah. each each character that he meets along the way and you get to like know them and love them even though you know they're not going to stick around um, which is kind of beautiful they kind of do though in the sense that he learns something from every single person mm-hmm. every single character that he meets so in that way they actually all do travel with him on this whole journey it's just that we might not see them again but he's learned something from the time that he spent with every single one of them and you kind true. of see that as he then moves to the next place and you see that he's grown and he's changed and he's developed and he's mm-hmm. carrying these people with him the whole way um, so in that sense, I think that they're not transient at all. They they stick with him and they very much become both a part of him, who he ends up being and what the story was getting him there. It's tricky because I want, I, w- I do want to like discuss so many bits in, d- in depth, mm, but I also so don't want to give away. Yeah, like too much. Like discovering it. each part is kind of the it's beauty crazy. of reading this book. It is, yeah. yeah so I, I struggle to to think about like I really do and you know once once we turn the mics off we can like yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. we can talk like, oh my god what did you think about this part but I'm 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 hesitant to kind of go into too much detail because course, I think this is such yeah. a beautiful book and I really really like want you know People listeners to, to pick it up and read it and discover it yeah feel like fr- with fresh eyes yeah when did you discover this book how did you discover this book so I discovered this book so I'm really probably completely the opposite from you guys I am so fussy with what I read um I love reading but I love reading what I love to read I need a book that is going to capture me in past like the first chapter um not uh, because it's the kind of style that, or you know, because I'm going to get on with it. So I do a lot of read. What I mean is, like, I do a lot of research. I think before I pick up a book, I always feel like it's such a commitment, um, and I hate putting down book like half or like a bit way through. I don't like testing them. So I'm not really, I'm not really the kind of person that can just like wander into a bookshop and just kind of look around and just say, oh, this looks interesting. Um, I kind of have to. Have, yeah kind of researched it a little bit so um but I kind of got into this this kind of genre and I'm not really entirely sure how to define this genre as you guys were saying it is it is fantasy yeah but I wouldn't necessarily define it as fantasy because I feel like fantasy is something completely different and doesn't really give credit to the kind of the 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 way that it's kind of formed and how beautiful it really is um but I got into this kind of style I guess of I don't know adult fairy tales I don't know it sounds it takes so much away from it when you say it like that but um, I think when I was like 16 and I think when I was a kid and I was first discovered the kind of grim fairy tales like the the actual stories and it's like oh they're all a bit macabre and it's great and I got really hooked into it um, and have a beautiful copy of it at home illustrated by Arthur Rackham who's like my favourite illustrator and then When I was like 16, I think my my English teacher got me into Angela Carter and she really triggered. And the first one, the first uh, Angela Carter I ever read was The Bloody Chamber, which you guys did an amazing episode on. And I absolutely (laughs) fell in love with this kind of fantasy, which I'm going to say is perfect because it satisfies me both as a child and as an adult. Um, every kind of facet of 
of me is is kind of satisfying. So you know, and I'm also really into the. I got really into the the short story format, and I think it's because I have zero patience. Um, <laughs> so I like to read a lot of anthologies. This book feels like a group of short stories. It does. Often yeah, definitely it does. is connected, but in a way loosely. Um, so I kind of like to read a novel, but then I like to read an anthology afterwards and just kind of bounce back and forth because yeah, I have zero patience. Um, so it was kind of like through, through that kind of from Angela Carter and it's only in the, I only discovered it actually a couple of years ago, three years ago, I think. And just, but just find it as a book when I have to think about what my favorite book is just defines like every part of of that it's just one that i think i can just be like yes this is my favorite book it has everything about books that i love and this is a representation of of me yeah Um, well and the perfect thing about this book especially for this podcast is it is so rooted in his love of books and the art of storytelling and how how like transformative that is in him collecting stories from other people and almost in every Every different kind of step on his journey, he begins it by telling his story yeah. thus far to the newest character he encounters. So he's and you know each each step in the journey he he's adding the you know the last part, um, and that is so significant. And it goes through the whole book. And his love of reading and of writing yeah. is just so beautiful that like. This was like, I mean, it's funny. We were we were commenting before we we sat down in here that this this is becoming a bit of a trend, <laughs> which I love. Is that like so many of these books that um, people are bringing to us do in some way, you know, have that element of of a love of books within the book, which is I just love it. It's this kind of weird organic thing that's happening, and this one is like. The perfect example of that, but like we had Shadow of the Wind, the Cemetery of Forgotten Books, this yeah. magical room that we all want to live in. Now I want to live in this library <laughs> on top of the mountain with flying people outside. Like, I um, did love how he was literally writing his own story as we were reading the story of this story of his journey. Yeah, and the joy that he got from reciting poetry, and I could just I was picturing like a, the big bundle of books that he'd taken with it, and that joy of carrying them around with him and. There was something we we were talking about how comforting this book is. I, I read it in like a few hours, yeah, like a very very quick she to read through it. Yeah. But I think part of that was because, like you already said, there is something very familiar about this in terms of it's it's your typical quest narrative. It reminded me of um, Ulysses, both of them, and Homer, and you know the, the old Greek stuff, and and that way of storytelling is so rooted in reading and artistry and uh, songwriting it's, it's just it makes up so much of how we communicate our narratives to people that, that idea of beginning a journey and ending up somewhere so there was something incredibly powerfully comfortable about it because you knew he was going to go on this journey and he was going to come up against these things and at the end something was going to happen and it was a bit like having an old sweater but I think what made that even richer and more beautiful was the way that he was both writing and telling his story at the same time so you kind of you got that familiarity of the journey narrative but then you also got it told by this lovely little wingless boy at the same time (laughs) and that was just I found that very beautiful in this exactly the same way that we then come and do the same thing and we talk about this journey that we've just been on and it felt like every time he met someone he was saying let me tell you the story I want to tell you the story and then let me build a new story with you. And then I'll go on to the next thing. 
Yeah, he's so open as a, as a character. It's kind of funny because he kind of grew up in literally the first chapter is called the Lonely Poet, um, because he and it, the Lonely Poet in his library because he lives completely on his own and he has a few stray cats that kind of hop around. It's my but, life. Is this why this was familiar to me? This is why I made this. I was just like, yep, I know, I know, I know. It's just me and some cats and some birds. That's what happened. I started reading I'm it before Pico. you, and I was like. And when I read, oh, and he's got like these cats and he brings home a <laughs> bottle of milk for them. I was like, Beck, you're, you're going to like this one. <laughs> I need to find my wings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, because he, even though he has this very kind of introverted way and he goes on this quest and it seems like sometimes he's walking on his own for like mm. weeks and weeks and months and months. And, you know, it sounds pretty awful, really. It's very romantically written. But if you actually yeah. think about it, it's like mm, sleeping outside in the forest while it's raining not cute um, <laughs> but when he meets people he's so open to them he really dives in feet first and as I we was saying he kind of forms these relationships which are very uh, convincing like and um, are kind of all all there and it's very much because he kind of goes in very much like feet first and almost mm. kind of like a therapist like he sits with someone they don't really want to or they're, they're just oh no I'm not okay I don't really want to talk right now and he's like okay well I'm just going to sit with you because I think I should sit with you and I'm going to tell you my story and then afterwards you're going to feel like I've given you something vulnerable so you'll be more open to being vulnerable with me and that's it all his relationships yeah. are very vulnerable yeah. with the people he meets they're very open and very emotionally in tune which is very interesting I think in a in a book written by a guy as well which I think I really like um, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, that it is incredibly point. expressive, and it is that I did feel sometimes it was actually these other characters were kind of fine on their own and just wanted to chill out and be left alone. And then he was like, "No, no, let me read you this poem. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what I've been you doing." Okay, there was a twinkling star. Like it just like goes into this really visually expressive, emotional. Uh, dialogue with them, which is poetic and deep in storytelling, and it, and actually by doing that, he brings these people around not only to share a bit of themselves, but also to want to connect with him more. And then that opens him up, and then it's kind of a can of worms that keeps on going. <laughs> sounds horrifying. <laughs> that sounds grim, doesn't it? <laughs> I have just realised I'm going to completely jump into this uh, beautiful narrative that we are crafting because I. As we were talking about, like, Pico and his love for books, I had a smug thought in my head. Yeah, well, I bet all of those books are hardbacks. And then I realized... <laughs> oh, we didn't ask. We didn't ask ah! the question. How did we get all the way through half this episode without... Pico! <laughs> um, that said, segue time. Segway. You thought you were going to get away with it. Um, Katie. Are you? Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of have a guess, but um, do you think you might? Know? I don't know. Actually, it could this go is this way. is a complete curveball. She's just like she likes a twist, right? <laughs> you never see what's a coming. Mystery. Are you team paper or team plinth? I am team plinth. Yeah. What the fuck? I know it's a curveball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 tell us love. why. I told you how to use a pen. I know. Oh, I'm come on, sorry. Matt. Come on. <laughs> I thought about this actually quite long and hard. Because I did not see that coming. I love the the ceremony of reading, the ritual of reading. I love feeling the weight 
of a book in my hands and feeling the paper and I feel like you just get that so much more from hardback yes dust jackets are another thing I don't like them where do they go no, because no, they end up like this on a beautiful right. book. This, this is just me. This is just me. It's not yeah, the way you treat generally. your books, I can see why the dust cover um, would be a problem. Because wow. I have a few which are just like the linen cover, like yeah. hardback. And they're, they, they're my, they, they, they still look great. They carried around with me and they look great. They're durable. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but I like a plenty of durable. She needs a hardback. Yeah. As, as it's a, not a personal as a, preference. As a level one reader, um, <laughs> I have been asked. No, but really it's the, it's the feel of it. And I think it's the same as an artist. I work with tactile. I work very tactilely with my prints. Spend a lot of time here. And it's, the, it's for the same thing. It's just a feeler in my hands, feel the weight of it, and I feel like, yeah, the story just, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just love it. So even though I do own a lot of paperback, because yeah. I buy all my books at the moment, I buy them secondhand. So Same. and you never seem to actually. I buy a lot of them from ABE books yeah. and I never really know actually what ones I'm just like oh whatever one's like 220 cool yeah exactly um, and then sometimes you get really uh, really shocked you get like a, like a gold like gilded one yeah um, occasionally um, but yeah so it's just whatever they kind of send me but um, really if I had the choice everything I owned would be hardback wow what are we at now uh, oh, I don't know what the count is it's I'm creeping up on you, you though you've had a run recently we'll figure it out um, and we'll tell you next episode. <laughs> for those of you six, keeping score at home, four. tell us what we're at because we six have no four, idea. Thank you for being on my team. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad because I really love this book and I would have hated to have hated you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to redeem myself some way after. Yeah, it's a shame. I wonder. Episode. I wonder. <laughs> yes, it is a shame. Would it horrify you that I turn the pages in my hardback? Because <laughs> I do. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I wish I could describe Alice's face right now. Describe my face. It's, I've ne- like. Forlorn is not a strong enough word, but also I've never seen I've forlorn expressed quite so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I, I mean, the one thing, I, keep, I feel like I keep saying, the one thing I really like, I really like to love. We're on like 42 things. Uh, there's at least 42 <laughs> things. Um, but I do love that while this journey was about love, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that even though like that thread was carried throughout it, it, it never actually felt like the purpose, even though mm. technically it was his purpose. It's, I'm going to get wings so that I can be with the woman I love. Yeah. Um, but so much happened on the journey that I felt was more important than Absolutely, that, which yeah. I think, you know, if you really want to get a bit, you know, weird about it. No, what's the word? If you really want to kind of get like philosophical about it, like. It does kind of feel like a tiny bit of a life lesson there. Like, you know, the whole like, life's about the journey, not the destination. It, it kind of does. Yeah, I know. It's cheesy. I'm saying a lot of wanky things this episode. <laughs> but it, I, I really felt that in a, in a really beautiful way, not in a, here's the moral of the story way. Because I don't yeah. even know if that was, you know, Keith mm-hmm. Miller's intention. But that's kind of one of the things I really got out of it was that, you know, there's well, that- so many amazing things along the journey if you take the time in the moment to appreciate it, which I think he did. And in that, I think he found so much more love than the love he initially set out to go and capture. I think yes. he went out with this, if I do this, I will have this amazing love and that's all I need and I'll, I'll be sorted there and I'll be whole and it'll be wonderful. And then he goes on this journey and because of those relationships with those people that he meets, 
the great expanse of love and its ability to to shape and shift and move around and change the people that we are and the relationships we have i think that's something that he learned and which grew him to be the person we end up with it mm. wasn't just this i need this to be fulfilled which is kind of kind of how it starts i go and find my wings and i'll tick the boxes and i'll be fine it was actually all those little moments of love that he found and built along the way and that those relationships he made with people and the love of his books and the love of words and all of those things actually that was a great love story I think yeah like as we said before there are like so many places where you're kind of like he could literally just stop here and he would be way happier um and yeah he discovered he spent so much of his childhood so lonely that he never really pushed himself to get out there because he was looking after his library and it was it was kind of even though it doesn't exist it was kind of really lovely seeing him kind of stretch out into the world and find often feeling like such an outsider because he was going to places that he didn't even realize existed like this is the most disconnected planet that's ever happened yeah. like <laughs> they don't know that there's more than one every time he goes to a new town it's like there are other towns yeah. like, it's a very weird because <laughs> um, people did not have the internet do they not have maps oh they don't have maps yeah they don't have maps <laughs> guys everyone, just walk to the end of the street everyone's very content in like where they're exactly living so you you kind of told us when you discovered it. How how did you come across this this book? Was it like a, a friend recommendation? No, or? this was from like research into other books really? um, that I liked. So there was a few um, kind of anthologies that I I really like. One of them is called, and they're they're kind of Angela Carter esque. Like I probably got onto those. <laughs> I'm writing this down. I probably got onto those <laughs> anthologies from reading Angela Carter when I was sixteen. And yeah, um, one of them, oh yeah, Saffron on Brimstone by Elizabeth Hand. That's an amazing kind of uh, anthology of, and it has a lot of stories which stop in places that you don't expect them to. And I think Angela Carter does that a lot. Mm, yep, where you're yeah. like, the I, end. Think, I think this is going somewhere. Really, uh, oh, okay. And you realise you had no idea really what point they were trying to get to. Another really good one is The Dolls Alphabet by Camilla Prudova. Um, and I absolutely love that book. It's so beautiful. It has the same thing where it has like these fantasy aspects, but it's so beautifully written that you feel like they must have edited every single sentence <laughs> like four times, four or five times over. Like he's just sitting there with this thesaurus, like <laughs> what sounds more beautiful? Um, and just makes every single word and every single circumstance so beautiful, even if it is really mundane. And it's just a very, I think, clever skill that these kinds of writers have. And I think maybe I don't know. I don't really know what the overarching. There are a few overarching themes in that. It's poetic writing. It's kind of fantasy esque. It's very human in emotion and reaction, even if you're talking about characters, which make it really accessible. I think to the human mind. Um, yeah, and it was just kind of like through researching books, which were like those books, and and yeah, just kind of a little journey that led me to this one. And this one, I was like, this one is perfect. <laughs> this one, one has is my book. <laughs> yeah, this is the one um, that every time I think about it, just feels like a big warm hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I well, I thank you for sharing that with us because I now kind of feel similarly about it. It really, I think we have a similar mm-hmm. style of reading and a similar like a love for similar things because I, you know, I've said it a million times with that. That rich poetic prose is my favorite thing. Like when you when I opened this book and read the first line, I just sunk right into it. Just like, like just like a, like you said, like a warm hug, like a sigh. Like yeah. it just felt beautiful, and I just like cool. I'm in this now. So other than me, um, obviously, who would you recommend this book to, and why? So I very much read for 
escapism and sanctuary. I live my entire life by escapism and sanctuary, no matter how unhealthy that may be. Um, my art is very much it's similar in vain. Um, I've always been a little bit uh, not not here. Um, in a way, I had you know I had imaginary friends until well into my teen years, um, which is always good. Um, so. And I've literally dedicated down my life and my art to, to this. And I, it's just anyone who, who kind of feels maybe a bit disillusioned with reality and needs to step out for a second. Um, absolutely. It's it's like a crazy kind of... I don't know. And also, if you've been told to meditate and you, you can't because you're a very high-functioning person, which they always tell you, slow down. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Um... <laughs> This kind of book puts me into that stage where everything feels... When I get into it and the rhythm comes and I'm not concentrating on every single word, I literally feel like I'm in a, a state where if like, someone walks in, I'm just like... <laughs> um, <laughs> it's completely meditative, completely comforting, and I feel renewed when I finish a chapter and I go back into the real world, and that's what reading is for me. That's yeah. a beautiful way of looking at it. I actually have never really thought of it that way, but I think yeah. I feel the same when yeah. I'm in the flow of a really good book. But that's why I read, to escape things. Yeah, And it does give you, it definitely, if you spend some time in a book, then when you come back into life, you definitely do sort of feel like you've rested. Yeah. And you've you've shut off from all of the things that were driving you mad or whatever else, and you've just you've taken a moment, you've rested, and you, you I definitely feel like I come back renewed, even if it's like a couple of pages or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like taking that time to step out, and this is such a perfect book for that because it's a it's a different world, it's a different, mm. you know, it's you're not just reading a book about someone going to Tesco, which would be. You know, <laughs> boring, probably not. <laughs> and then I picked up an avocado. <laughs> exactly. Not ripe enough. Whereas this gives you so many places to hide and so many things to explore and so many emotions and, and visuals to like give your your brain space to it. So it's yeah, I find it very meditative as well. I think. Yeah. That said, I'm very curious to see out of all we were saying before. This is one of those books. You could literally, I didn't even bother taking pictures, I don't think, maybe one, maybe two, um, or noting down kind of any quotes, because you can literally flip to any page like, in this book. I like this quote that you wrote. <laughs> so we, we make notes for the episode, uh, and uh, we, we just have kind of like notes to refer to, and one of the headings is notable quotes, and I just wrote, ugh, under it, um, because you can literally just flip open to any page and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever read. Um, so so you didn't have an easy task, I imagine, trying to pick one. Uh, no, I kind of like got a bit in and I actually, the one that I picked is from right at the beginning. Perfect. And um, But I kind of kept going through and was like, okay, so I'm going to come, you know, there's going to be like a big, I know there's like a big plot moment happening so there'll be like some kind of resolution and that'll be a good quote to like summarise the whole thing. Never actually really happened um, <laughs> in that way. Everything, as you said is so beautiful um but it's also so large so what i've gone with is probably my favorite aspect of the book is the, is that the fact that pico is a storyteller and he goes around and he tells his stories and i've actually picked one of his very small kind of paragraph long stories as my kind of final quote because it is that's why my favorite aspect of the book is that you kind of have stories within stories within poems within and it's just like so layered and you can just like fall into it and it feels like butter and it makes my spine warm even thinking about it so at the so at this point he's sitting um with his with his love Cece and she says 
Tell me a tale, she would beg. Tell me, Pico. They sit together on the steps of the library by a bed of irises. Somewhere, he told her, somewhere else lived a boy and a girl beside the sea, and as they grew older together, they grew more transparent. At first, blue blood vessels and then bones bloomed beneath the skin, but soon they could see the shapes of the world behind their bodies, the shudder of leaves like shadows in the brain, a butterfly's flutter in the mutter of the heart, beetles in the coils of the bowels. They watched wine whirl down each other's throats and the sun rise up each other's spines, stepping vertically, vertebra to vertebra. Soon the only substance they obtained was when their bodies overlapped, so they clasped each other, peering into the vestiges of eyes, teeth, ears, smears against the landscape. And one day they kissed and disappeared. Well done. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, God, I love this book. Warm. Yeah, <laughs> and I just love the fact that you just flicked around pages, and there's a whole different little story, yeah. but it's just so beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a really good choice. That's yeah. really awesome. And I think, especially if anyone listens to this and hasn't read the book, which I think will be probably the majority, yeah. like that makes me want to read it, yeah. especially picking something from from the beginning. And it, it, picking it also exactly from that bit we were saying, like that, that moment of this is the love story and this is the journey. Yeah, going this is on. like way like, that's with, like with beyond kind of it's completely out of the context of the plot. Yeah. Um that's kind of what I love about it. The plot <laughs> is is the overarching plot is literally the last thing and it's just like a big old onion and it's just like <laughs> you just keep going in and yeah. you just keep going in and you find yourself like way down way down at the bottom of a, like a weird story pit and then he reaches you out again and then he throws you back in again and then he throws you back out again and it's just so lovely and then at the end of the day you just kind of climb out of it and you feel relieved yeah like I a love spa <laughs> a book spa a book spa that is that is great well thank you for inviting us to this book spa yeah. um, I feel rejuvenated <laughs> um, we renewed we were meditated yeah and not afraid of strangers because this Yay. has been absolutely lovely so oh, thank, thank you. you so much for being our thank guest thank you so much for having me I'm not best. a stranger anymore yeah so that's now we're friends that's broken strange danger yeah <laughs> <laughs> hashtag this team is strangers going strong strangers. this Come is on. how society works yeah. people <laughs> speak Meeting to people, people. <laughs> communicate <laughs> so if you'd like to join hashtag team stranger uh, you can uh, apply to be a guest on the podcast at yowpod dot com um tell us about your favorite book tell us why you love it so much um we'd love to chat to you about it whether it's in person here in london or uh via the interweb phone service um <laughs> we would uh, really love to chat to you so please get in touch with us there and um, you can follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram and facebook at yowpod and uh <laughs> and if you are enjoying the podcast and loving the content and want us to keep ourselves in books and uh, creating said content um, you can support us on Patreon it's patreon.com slash yowpod um, you can donate as much as or as little as you fancy you'll get some fun perks bookmarks badges all sorts of good stuff plus some extra bonus content um, like us. how to use your bookmark <laughs> like perhaps an instructional <laughs> video on how to use your bookmark um, if as, there are any other problems that we can help out with as yeah. well please do let us know we can do uh, t- any sort of tutorial yeah. you like how on, to hold your book which way up that kind of thing Beck will do one on how to put your desk cover in a bin and I will not post it um, <laughs> but yeah for all of that stuff um, please join us on Patreon we would love to see you there um, and yeah I guess until next time bye bye Your Own Words is hosted by Alison Dunnings and Becky Graham it is recorded in London at the Pitch Room in Runway East, Soho. 
theme song by Natasha Pasternak. Read along with us at yowpod.com.